0: Hello, world. Welcome back to Golf Subpar with Colt Nost and Drew Stoltz. As you can see, you cannot hear, we are in different places, slees. I'm just slightly down the road in a little place called Dubai, covering the Asian Pacific Amateur this week.
1: It's a little hop, skip, and a jump over there, about thirteen hours time difference. Good to see you. Glad to see you made it. Just a little uh just a little quick flight over there. How how long in total travel from Scottsdale to Dubai?
0: Well, total, if you count my flight from phoenix to la and then the layover and everything it was about 20 hours so
1: solid yeah pretty nice little day
0: nice little way to spend a day but Mm -hmm. i tell you what i flew emirates from lax straight into dubai 15 hours never flown emirates before it is incredible i highly recommend it if you ever have to go anywhere international had a full lay down bed nice little cubby hole and in the back of business class there's actually a lounge it's got a full bar bartender couple couches you just sit back there and chill and talk and tell stories. It's incredible. It felt like you were in your living room at 35,000 like, feet.
1: Just a little club in the back of the plane? Yeah, it's not the worst case scenario. So you did have one of those little, little pods where you're all, like, quarantined off from everybody. You could just do whatever you want. Yeah,
0: I had a little cubby hole in business. In first class, you got, like, your whole room. First class is a, a chair, an actual bed, and then you have access to a shower as well.
1: It's like a hotel. Yeah. flying hotel. Yeah. That's pretty nice. Um, I can't complain. What's the what's the vibe like over in Dubai? Obviously, I never been. I don't think hardly anyone's ever been. What's the, what's the scene like over there? It's like I'll a little you, Vegas, right? They got the strip with all the hotels and stuff. Oh, this place is enormous.
0: The skyline is just gorgeous, and the golf course, you know, it's really the golf course is really open, and, and the skyline kind of frames the whole place. It's beautiful. Got here on Saturday night. Place was going pretty good. Went to a couple of different places. Checked them out. Sunday is actually the first day of the week here in in Dubai. It's actually a work day. So Sunday, even though it was Halloween, was pretty quiet. So I'm looking to get amongst it later on in the week. We'll see. Sunday was a little quiet though, but it is hot here. Um, and this is the cold time of year here, is what, the, what I've been what I've been told. But it's about 90 degrees, rather humid. Got out onto the golf course yesterday, um, saw some of the kids. We've got eight of the top 100. It's the Asian Pacific Amateur. So obviously, you know, all the Americans and everything are, are not here. But you got eight of the top 100, including The number one ranked amateur in the world, Nakajima, who is just an absolute stud. Um, There's a kid here that has won this Asian Pacific amateur twice named Yushin Lin, plays at Florida for J.C. Deacon. Uh, J.C. refers to him as the Prince of China. He's a little little high maintenance, apparently.
1: uh, J.C. coaching him up. He was probably terrible before J.C. got his hands on him. Now he's the world's best. Oh,
0: well, hes I mean, he's won this tournament twice, played in the Masters twice, played in the Open Championship, followed him around a little bit. The kid absolutely flushes it. All these kids flush it. And I would imagine probably because they dial their game in with Rapsodo, wouldn't you think?
1: Well, 100%. I don't know any other way to do it unless you got 25 racks laying around you want to just dump on it. I mean, it
0: is such a great, cool little machine. 500 bucks, every bit as accurate as those expensive ones. You can record your swing on it. Gives unbelievable numbers. I dialed in my wedges with it all week before I came to Dubai because there is a lighted par three course we might be stepping out onto later this week. So I got to have those wedges dialed, and I did it with Rap Soto.
1: Of course, dude, you get up to you get a accuracy within two percent of one of these men, something that's going to cost you twenty thousand plus. Store you store your swings in your app. You can review your data, check on your thing, check on your swing speed. Are you going up? Are you going down? Or whatever. I actually went out in the backyard this weekend, Colt. Didn't make my way to an actual golf course, but went out to the backyard, fired a few into the net, and uh, I'm getting. I'm, I think this is it's comeback season for the sleeves. Now that I got Rapsodo, uh, I can dial in my digits, and that the way next time I get out on the track, no nothing can stop me.
0: Yep, you can use it indoors, outdoors. Our good friend Mark Blackburn, PGA National Teacher of the Year, uses it, so obviously it's a great product. And you mentioned, you know, you're getting dialed in. This is your time of year, My Coba. Your PJ I know, started. dude, it's
1: right around. Don't think that hasn't crossed my mind that a Monday qualifier is not out of the realm of possibility for the sleeve. The people need me down there, dude. They embraced me my one year down there. My my thirty-six holes that I was there. I really felt like one of their own. And I just it just it's hard to watch it on television. It's just so bittersweet. For if, me, you if you
0: would have if you would have had your rap Soto you would have definitely been around for the weekend. But make sure you go to rapsoto.com slash subpar and use code subpar at checkout for seventy-five dollars off. I mean, how good is that? Seventy five bucks.
1: This thing is this thing is really, really good. Like I said, unless you're a tour pro and you need a track man everywhere you go, get one of these. It gives you all the data you need. And it's like traveling with a track man, but all you need is your phone. It's it's really good.
0: I love it. I love it. Well, Sleeze, you know, I miss you. I'm a long ways away from you. I'll be back next week. Just gotta make it through this Asian Pacific amateur. I'm a, I'm a little nervous with some of the pronunciations of these names. I've been I, I met a lot of the kids. I was like, okay, I need to know exactly how to say your name. Um there is one that's I'm borderline terrified of, and I gotta scroll through my phone. Give it
1: to us right here. Do I, I want to hear it? Um, okay, practice let me find right it real now. Quick. Get a practice run Oh
0: well, his first name's Pewitt. Okay, he plays at San Diego okay. State, and his last name. Oh, they didn't even type it on here. I gotta find. It. Actually, here, let me dig this out because you gotta hear this last name.
1: It is absolutely. You're gonna look like. You know when they pan to like NFL games and you see the O coordinator, the head coach, and they have the big like laminated printout with all the plays and the sets and stuff. That's gonna you're gonna need one of those walking around this week. Well, Make sure name, you don't. His last these name kids is so. His parents are watching, man.
0: His last name's so long it doesn't even fit on the sheet.
1: You just need a nickname. You say it one time and then you give him a nickname and then you just call him the nickname the rest of the time. What's his name? Pewitt
0: anapan Anapansusci. He's from Thailand. Mm-hmm. He's the forty third ranked amateur in the world. Um, his actually I felt bad for him. I met him his clubs, he was coming he plays at San Diego State, flew through San Francisco, his clubs didn't show up. Nice. There's so he, clubs. he calls the airlines and they're like, Is it a black bag with a big S D on the side? And he's like, Yeah. He goes, Yeah, it's sitting here in San Francisco. He's like, Well,
1: can you get it over still to Dubai to, <laughs> pretty quick? I gotta
0: play this tournament where I could possibly get in the match.
1: Yeah, can you put it on the little three-hour arrival? Uh, that's that's a nice deal. Fly across the planet and don't have your sticks show up. It's Also, you this week, not only the pronunciations are going to be tough, you're going to have to work on that, tighten that up a little bit, but also watching the best amateurs in the world are going to make you feel really shitty about yourself because of how good these kids are now.
0: But this is such a cool event because I, there's 30 countries represented, I believe, but they're aged from 15 to 63 years old. So there's some that's not going to make me feel too bad. Great story for you. Okay, so sitting down at the bar last night. I get a text from Jeff Quinney, coaching at Oregon now. He goes, hey, one of our players is there playing. His name's Yuki. Go say hi. He's a little short guy. He's great. He bombs it. I'm like, okay, perfect. I'm walking around the golf course today. I head to the range. First person I see, I see this Oregon duck back. I'm like, "Ah, oh, there he is. That's got to be him. So Matt Rollins, the Tyler strips there. Uh, I was like, I got to go say hi to that guy. Quinney, t- Quinney coaches him. He goes, oh, Yuki, he's basically – uh the asian version of you he goes he gets amongst it and i'm like i gotta go meet this guy so i go over and talk to him and i was like how's it going with coach coach quinney he goes oh i love coach quinney he tells us stories about getting drunk with john daly and then asked me what japanese beers and sake i should dr- i should drink <laughs>
1: i was like God. Yeah, he's a perfect role model <laughs> yeah, yeah. A- he's molding molding the youth quinney that's coach there's Jeff. nothing <laughs> I'm very excited for Coach Jeff. I'm also a little terrified of what he might actually be teaching the youth. The fact that he is molding them is um, something I thought I'd never see before, but uh, that's good. Yuki's over there. Yuki, the the uh, the version of you, except he hits rockets, apparently. He,
0: is, he does smash it, but I love it. Hey, Yuki, go hit some wedges. And by the way, which Japanese beer is your favorite?
1: Yeah, that's all you need. What else? Yeah, normal coaching stuff, dude. Normal coaching stuff.
0: All right, well, let's get into it. It's
1: going to be a fun week for you over there. Hey, by the way, the um, golf recap, they played the Butterfield this week down in Bermuda. Lucas Herbert, just like we said, the guy we talked about all last week, said this is Lucas or it's nobody at the Butterfield. He won. Of course, it was Lucas.
0: Australian veteran of the Asian Pacific Amateur. Actually, has played in this tournament. Nice, yeah. That obviously came out of nowhere. Like I said, I'm I'm 11 hours ahead of Scottsdale time. I didn't know what was going on. I saw they went early. We were sitting at dinner last night. I was like, I wonder who's winning. Pulled it up and it was over. And some of the guys I was with are from Australia and they went nuts. They they loved it. I was like, all right, cool.
1: Yeah, they went early. Then they actually had a delay in the middle of the round because the wind got going to like 40 and it was raining sideways, so they delayed him a little bit. But he ended up winning. Full disclosure, you, I'm sure you don't know much about him. I don't know a whole lot about him. I've never really heard him speak before. L- watching his interviews before he won the tournament and afterwards, I'm, I'm in on this guy. All the Australians, dude, are are awesome. I have yet to meet an Australian that I'm not like, that guy's That guy's sweet.
0: Great, dude. He was actually, I believe, the first one to ever get a penalty when they stopped allowing caddies to line up. I believe it was here in Dubai. He had like a five-footer down the hill. Oh, his, his, that caddy, was him? his caddy got behind him. Caddy went away. He backed out, went back in, and they ended up stroking him. I believe he lost the tournament by a shot. He was the first one to get penalized.
1: He was a sacrificial lamb. Like, we got to do it to somebody, but we can't do it to one of the – yeah. All right. And he's won in Dubai too, so he knows that terrain. Maybe holler at Lucas. He could coach these kids up a bit.
0: No doubt about it. Well, let's get to our guest this week because this is a fun one. A guy who's had an unbelievable story, just had an incredible documentary come out on Netflix called Breaking Point. Marty Fish – joins us, hell of a golfer, obviously an unbelievable tennis player, but what a story he has.
1: Yeah, dude, that documentary, I didn't know the whole like, you know, start from the beginning and how he got to where he got to and then what he went through and then the comeback and all that. It's it's my favorite this untold series of these documentaries that they're doing on Netflix are awesome. This is my favorite one so far and to talk to him, he actually uh, Colt, when I was running around Canada playing up there, Marty would, would pop in and he wasn't playing like a full season, but he was playing like a decent amount of events up there. And I was like, oh, that's Marty fish, the tennis player. And he posted some like you no, know for professional athlete from another sport. I was like, damn, I didn't know him at the time. I was like, damn, that's pretty like respectable scores there for a guy that, you know, left the top of the world of tennis and just decided to play some golf.
0: Well, last year when he won the American century, he shot 63 one round. I mean, so he can, yeah, go- it's he like, can go. he can
1: legit go and he was shooting like some you know low 70s in like some conditions with wind and stuff it wasn't you know country club stuff i was impressed with him at the time he he can obviously go but this his documentary is, is cool it's the full spectrum of what it's like to be one of the top guys in the world at your sport
0: all right well let's get to it here's marty fish on golf subpar
1: all right our next guest racked up six singles and eight doubles titles as a professional tennis player getting as high as number seven in the world rankings he's the captain of the u.s davis cup team and when he's got a little free time on his hands, he goes to Tahoe or the Diamond Resorts and just smacks celebrities around on the golf course. Marty Fish, thanks for the time, brother.
2: I appreciate that. Thanks for the intro. That was a nice intro there. He, <laughs> he
0: wrote that. I had nothing to do with that, Marty. You know I wouldn't be that nice. <laughs>
2: I'm not sure about that smacking around. When the last tournament, I finished, I think, seventh or so. So that's that's we, not the definition of that.
1: Yeah, we've been to the truth here in some intros, but I feel like that wasn't too far-fetched there. you You've had a hell of a run on the celebrity circuit
2: uh, thank you well that's, uh, it's uh it's uh, a bunch of uh, defensive tackles and um <laughs> and uh yeah a bunch, of, a bunch of athletes so, yeah it's pretty much yeah, a bunch of athletes
0: well you've been in the news a lot lately because of your incredible documentary breaking point that's on netflix and sleaze and i have both watched it twice and i mean first off congratulations it was absolutely unbelievable how long has that been in the works
2: yeah thanks for watching it guys um uh we filmed that in 2018 um it was supposed to be a five-part series they they approached me um because of a uh netflix did because they did a partnership with the players tribune which i love Mm. um uh and, and i wrote a piece there in 2015 on my last uh sort of my last tournament um that i played 2015 u.s open and um it was just about like my sort of my journey at the end of my career um my sort of uh trials and tribulations with my mental health issues severe anxiety disorder and and sort of getting a grasp and a handle on that and how i felt um uh and, and just how it went down and um and, and so that piece came out we, we we took that out the first uh first uh first day of that tournament there in, in 2015 and um and got a, a pretty nice response from it. You know, I mean, there's not a ton of athletes that are coming out um, and candidly speaking and being, you know, open and vulnerable about it, about their mental health. And um, so we got some nice, uh, I mean, some uh, nice friendships and stuff, uh, people reaching out and stuff. Um, and uh, and so fast forward a couple of years and, and uh, Netflix and Players' Tribune are partnering um, to do a five-part docu-series uh, on five different uh, articles that the uh, Players Tribune wrote um, or had on their, on their site. And, um, and Netflix wanted to turn those into a docu-series and, and they picked one of mine. Um, uh, so, so a lot of things came together uh, with that because I've been, um, I've been open about my mental health issues, uh, but I guess strategic is maybe not the word or just, you know, I just, I've been tried to be smart with like who I open up to and who I talk about, um, try to pick my spots and pick my battles and and the the platform of of Netflix and again loving the players tribune and um the you know just the monster platform of Netflix came together. And then the guys that did the uh, that actually directed it and produced it, the the Way brothers, Mac and Chap Way, they're um I can't even say enough things enough good things about them and just phenomenal. Um if you if you Google them and ever get a chance to watch anything they've done. Um they're young uh, uh, brothers that um, that uh, that do these documentaries and they've, they've won Emmys and, and all that stuff and just phenomenal. And so they had a history of a little bit of a history of mental health and they had a, a great knowledge of tennis um, growing up around uh, a guy that I played with, Sam Query. So, um, so, they, so it was kind of the perfect storm, right? Where like it's this huge platform where people can really get it out there uh, somebody that's really, really good at, um, you know, cause I don't, I don't want to be known as like Marty fish, the mental health guy, like it's Marty fish, the tennis player that struggled with mental health and, you know, here's his journey and here's his story. And so I just, I was a little bit nervous about, um, that being my sort of my, uh, my end game or, or whatever is, is like just the mental health side. Um, because I was pretty good at tennis and so I so i I want I don't want people to forget about that I guess, even though it's been a while selfishly, so it's like trying to fit those two in and man, they did a great job of um of sort of highlighting the journey, my story, the 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 sort of journey of tennis players specifically um and and just how hard that sport is, um, you know from a young age and just how we're we're trained and you know just trained to, and maybe a little different than golf in terms of like, uh, um, uh, you know, staying in the present, staying in the moment, never showing any weakness or fear, or you know, like just never showing negative stress ever. And just you know, you know, we could play for an hour, we could have a match for an hour, we can have a match for five hours. I've had both plenty of times, and you have to stay in the present the entire time. Um, and and I've been lucky enough to play some golf tournaments where I've done that and been exhausted, uh, coming out of it because, um, it's a long round of golf and it's a long time to sort of be in the moment, be in the present. You sort of have to go other, uh, other ways and take your mind out of, um, those types of situations to where, um, you can focus in on your shot. Um, once you get there and tennis is the opposite of that. Um, and I love learning about, you know, the mental side of sports and each, you know, I try and pick a lot of sports, um, athletes brains on, on how they, you know, how they, how they work, uh, on the mental side of the game and stuff. And, and tennis is brutal. Um, it's brutal on it. And, um, and, and so, you know, the rest is, uh, it's kind of the story of, of my, uh, journey of, like I said, just the journey of, um, of my career and then and then the the sort of the history of mental health and just education educating people on on mental health
1: yeah the response to this thing has been spectacular i mean you look over twitter i mean everybody is raving about this thing i'm sure you've been just bombarded with messages but is there any one person in particular athlete entertainer whatever who's reached out to you and said they watched the show and loved it that just kind of blew you away at the reach of this documentary
2: yeah you know i I mean i'm a huge ted lasso fan um Jason Sudeikis uh reached out and said you know said I think he said something like I was a badass or something like that I'm like I don't know about all that but um but he, he was just super cool look I mean there a lot of people uh what, what the, that's cool obviously like you know I'm a fan of of that show or whatever but like the real awesome stuff is when an athlete or or anyone really would reach out and say you know I've been struggling with uh, some anxiety issues or some panic issues or depression, whatever it is. Um, and this doc helped me this talk. Uh, I had one lady reach out. I remember, cause again, there's thousands of them and I I've responded I've tried to respond to every one of them. But, um, but um, there, there's one in particular that got me early on that the lady said uh, that, that she watched the documentary and immediately called her boss and said, I will do the, um the 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 sort of the the interview in front of or not the interview but the, the the presentation in front of the in front of the the other company that we're trying to merge with or something like that because she couldn't get up there and do it uh because of her anxiety it wouldn't allow her to actually get up in front of people to do it so immediately called her boss and said i'll do it tomorrow um it's that type of stuff that's like that really reaches um and really you know sort of cements the fact that it seems to be helping people just by watching a, a simple documentary. And that's the whole, that was the whole goal, man. I mean, the, just the, the um, to give people a success story, to give people someone that they can say, um, oh yeah, I remember him, or I remember that name, or even if they haven't heard of me um, or didn't know anything about tennis, um, they can use the Google and, and check it out and just go kind of go, Okay, there's a success story, someone who was really struggled, who was really at rock bottom, almost to a place where I was afraid I was gonna hurt myself or others around me, all the way to a point where I got back and I played in the US Open again and and you know, won matches and and was back in the fire and and played at, at another elite level. So like that was the goal um, was to show people that it can be done. Um, and uh, and 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 so it's those types of people. It's the athletes that reach out as well that say, Hey man, I, I totally know how you feel. And I've been doing that same thing, um, you know, all the way from, you know, like I said, actors to, um, you know, every sport, um, every sport you can imagine just, uh, it's just been a really overwhelming, um, uh, response.
0: Well, you deserve it. Cause it was incredible. But I mean, if it's, if it's you or Michael Phelps, Simone Biles, I mean, athletes these days just seem so much more comfortable with talking about mental health. Whereas in the past, I don't think they did. What do you think changed to make, I mean, you're, you're obviously one of them, make athletes more comfortable about talking about this subject?
2: I mean, I think it's athletes coming out and saying that they've dealt with these issues. I mean, you know, like if you, if you do some educating um, on mental health, it's, there's tens of millions of Americans that deal with some sort of mental health issue every day. Um, that's all, you know, that's obviously a lot of people and, you know, when you can get, and, and I, you know, I, I know Naomi Osaka, well, obviously from tennis and I've never met Simone Biles, but obviously a fan. And, and, you know, I can see those scenarios where they pull out of events like that, or can't perform in events like that. And I can see that, um, you know, similar issue that I had with playing at the U S open 2012 against Federer, where it's like, this is what I've trained my whole life for. This is what I've sacrificed and, 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 you know, changed my lifestyle for, um, to be in this moment. And I can't even, you're telling me, I can't even step on the court, you know, I mean, I, you know, or I'm telling myself, I can't even step on the court to do this. Um, so it's educating people is really important, um, about that. I think it was great as well. And I, I don't mean any disrespect to like female athletes or anything, but there's a lot of males out there. They're just like, Oh, they're soft. They're, you know, and if she just doesn't want to lose, you think Simone Biles for five years training for the Olympics, like just doesn't want to lose. That's why she didn't play and that's why she didn't compete. Like, so just educating people on, you know, the history of mental health, what it is, what it does to you. um, Clearly those are people that just haven't, and thankfully they haven't had to deal with any mental health issues. And that's probably a good thing for them, but um, they just don't understand, um, they don't understand it. I saw Tyson Fury um, come out and and with his uh, with his uh, sort of trials and tribulations and issues that he's had in the past. And um, there's a great example of someone I played a non-contact sport like so, um, you know, it's hard for me to like kind of go, yeah, I'm tough. Like I played tennis Um, as a country club sport. And so having someone like Tyson Fury or having these football players kind of come out and just say like, yeah, this, this affects me as well. Like I struggle with my mental health sometimes. And um, I think that's huge. I, I just, I don't mean any disrespect to like them at all, but just like having the heavyweight champion of the world come out and say, he deals with mental health issues. Like nobody's tougher than that guy. So um, all that stuff's great. It just gives us uh, more comfort to, to say, you know, to, to, to be, not okay, to not be okay is actually okay.
1: Yeah, I think you guys have opened the door. The pressure that you guys feel, I think, is something that the average person will never even come close to feeling in their life. But going back to the documentary, one of my favorite parts that I found most interesting was you as a, as a young kid, like your come up, right? At age 16, you go off to Saddlebrook Academy. It's all tennis all the time. And that's where you kind of start to be taught about mental toughness, right? Well, looking back on that now, what would you tell a young marty fish about what they were teaching you at that time
2: i mean it's difficult because that's the game that's the sport like that that's what it requires um because it's such an individual game it's really you know if you marathon runner or something like that i mean like in the mainstream sports you know one of the only sports when you leave the locker room you're all by yourself like so we don't have anyone to bounce ideas off or tell us it's okay. Or like that little voice in our head. So like, that is the sport. It is a non-contact gladiator type sport. We're trying to beat the other person to a pulp (laughs) non-violently. And so, uh, and so it's, it's just a really difficult, um, it's a really difficult game and it's a really, you know, and there's a lot of different reasons for that. There's, The travel, first of all, it's a global game um, to where, you know, and I can, you know, you guys talk a lot about golf, obviously, like, and I love golf. So, like, you know, there's parallels there for sure, but it's different in terms of like, man, it'd be nice to play in the States every week, man. It'd be nice to play like six tournaments in a row on the West Coast and then five tournaments in a row on the East Coast and like be able to drive to every tournament. Like I I started 2012 in in Perth, Australia, which is on the other side of Australia. And then Melbourne and then back home for a week and then over to more over to Switzerland for Davis Cup back home for a week over to Marseille, Dubai, Indian Wells, Miami. And that was before March. So like it's it's a difficult it's just a really difficult game. Um, uh, It's brought me a ton of joy and unbelievable experiences um, in my life. So I don't want to like sit here and go like tennis is brutal. Don't do it. Um, it also teaches you incredible life skills. It's a great tool for an education people can use, um, uh, in terms of, you know, a scholar, college scholarship, uh, high school scholarships, things like that. If you're pretty good, but not a professional, um, and, 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 you know, it's, it's, it's given me, um, it's given me an incredible life, um, uh, but, it, but it's, uh, it's, it's not easy. It's not an easy game. Um, and ne- none of them are uh, obviously, but, um, but I'm a little biased. I think tennis is the toughest sport in the world.
0: Yeah. I mean, I have no idea because I don't play it. Obviously, shockingly, I'm pretty, I know.
1: I'm pretty nice with the racket, <laughs> but we'll you know, we've had Marty,
0: we've had a ton of different athletes on here and we like to get to know, like kind of pick their brain a little bit. And one thing we find out is most all athletes are very, very superstitious was marty fish superstitious at all when he played and if so i need to know the most ridiculous thing you used to do
2: i mean i don't even know if they were ridiculous i mean they're i was really super you know so like same restaurant night before a match if you're in a grand slam you have one day off in between so you can get that break um if there's not a grand slam it's the same meal like every night um it's a lot um Uh, I used to, I used to not after the point, if I was on the court, I used to not step on, I'd step over lines. Um, I didn't want to step on the lines. And then I would also draw an imaginary line, like past the baseline. If I was walking like outside the court. And so I'd step over that imaginary line as well. Um, uh, get the balls from the ball kid on this side for the deuce, that side for the ad have to come from them like if it's not coming from them I got to move they have to move the balls over to the other side and then I got to get it from them um same stall obviously in the bathroom same urinal bathroom like that's normal stuff I feel like um can't be the first one can't be the last one it's got to be something in the middle um yeah so there's you know I've fair, fairly just, a few. Normal yeah,
1: stuff. just <laughs> a few not really any superstitions at all it's got like the doll picking his wedgie before every serve I mean, I want to know how Nadal started. A, his. That's, that's just OCD? I mean, what is that? He like, does it on every serve. It's like his underwear is never in the right spot, dude. But there's never.
2: Yeah, it's just it's just an OCD. I mean, it's like a it's like a tick for him. Like it's he does the same thing with the hair, yeah. the same thing, and then he does the does the the undies, and then uh, you know, and then he's that's like that. getting his grip that's and getting that. his. If you watch, like his foot is like moving a little bit as well. Like he's. He's unique in that regard. Um, the the water bottles the same. Like if I was a total jerk, like I would. If if Lendl played back in the day, if if Lendl played in Nadal's era, Lendl would walk over and like kick over like his water bottles and like. What's he doing with the water let bottles? Him, he, like he he puts right? the water bottles like perfectly at an angle, like in the exact same spot every time. <laughs> the water and then the electrolyte drink, like in the exact same spot. He has to he has to walk across the net uh after you so like he played i'll give you an example played robin soderling one of the one of the matches he's lost three times at the french open one of the matches that he lost he lost to robin soderling in the fourth round um in 2009 when roger won the uh won the uh, french open the only time he won um soderling wouldn't go first he would just wait at his chair until the <laughs> doll got up and it freaked him out he couldn't do anything about it like nadal is he's and he's very nice like he's a he's a really nice dude as well and so like he's he's also half doing it to be polite and half like you know he's OCD and um and so he wouldn't he he would just wait for you to walk across and he just you know just call your bluff kind of and this Soderling dude was just like nope I'm not going I love that. And, it, and it messed him up dude it really did it really did mess him up so like you know there's there's things that that those guys are all everyone's all really unique in that way um but yeah i had superstitions like like i think that's fairly normal right like you know stalls and and restaurants and
1: imaginary lines. yeah that's like yeah that's 101 level stuff but (laughs) nadal has to be a guy that has to flip the light switch three times before he leaves his hotel room like he's got so much stuff going on
2: yeah there's a lot going on yeah i feel bad for him there's a lot (laughs) going on up
1: there (laughs) he's doing okay don't feel too bad for him
0: who was yeah. is, is your guy growing up? Like, obviously, for us in golf, Tiger Woods was our guy. Who was is, who is your guy?
2: I mean, look, we came from – I came after an era that was incredible, right? Like, Sampras, Agassi, Courier, Chang, Martin, Washington. Um, you know, guys that were – Americans that were competing, slam in, slam out for, for you know, titles, um, playing against each other. I mean, how many times did Pete play Andre? You know, it was such a great – you know, and then before them, Connors and McEnroe and, – Gerlitis and those guys, I mean, they, you know, they, Arthur Ashe, Dan Smith, like this is, is incredible history of U.S. tennis. Um, uh, I loved watching Todd Martin, honestly, like he, he, we had like a similar style. I know he wasn't like a Grand Slam champion. He made two finals, um, but, but uh in the U.S. Open in Australia, but I just, I don't know. I just, I loved like, he, we played similar styles. We weren't like from here to there, you know fast super fast it was more we were i think there's like two two types of athletes like the a, a run jump sprint type athlete you know like the lebron james type where he's just like crazy athletic and then there's like a hands and feel and touch athlete like colt you know that like has <laughs> has a <the> touch <laughs> athlete he, he called like, you athlete May not be may not be from here to there a 40 yard dash quite as fast, but like has great hand, like like would dominate in a bar. You know what I mean? Like pool, ping pong, darts. Those, Love this those guy. Kinda, that's that's an athlete.
1: Shuffleboard. Yeah.
2: Yeah.
0: Love this Shuffleboard.
2: guy. Shuffleboard. I mean, so I was that type of athlete. I wasn't the 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 fast, you know, sort of. Um, and, and so was Todd. And, and um, so I don't know. I gravitated towards him a little bit.
1: You you came after a great era of tennis, but you also came in during maybe what could go down as the greatest era in tennis. You got Nadal, Federer, Djokovic all coming out. To put that in, like, a golf comparison, is that the equivalent of, like, coming up, getting your tour card, and then all of a sudden there's three Tiger Woods, 2,000 out there that you got to compete against? No, there'd be a Jack, Tiger, and
2: I don't even know who's Hogan. third. Hogan. Who's third? Yeah. I mean, Hogan, yeah. I mean, like, honestly, like, but but all of them would be at 20. They're all at 20. Yeah, they're all at 20 right now the the those three guys they've taken everything from us um they've taken (laughs) our legs our souls our bank accounts everything um they uh they are yeah we'll never see um a generation like this we'll never see three guys like this um it'd be amazing if we saw one guy like this again one person we had three in the same era um, it's my opinion. Djokovic will go down as the best player of all time. I think he'll have the most slams. I think Roger's probably done in terms of winning big events. Um, you know, which is a bummer, but you know, mother, father time, I mean, he's 40 years old now. Um, I think Rafa can win the, win the French a few times perhaps, but I mean, there are guys that are closing the gap and there's a lot of young guys coming. Um, so yeah, it'd be like tiger or Jack. it'd be like Jack, like three Jacks really like, yeah. you know, a tiger, a Jack and another Jack that would be, um, you know, all, all their tide, you know, just, just taking everything from everyone. Is um, it, Very selfish. Very was selfish. It, yeah.
1: Doesn't leave yeah. much room for everybody else. <laughs> was it one of those things though? Like
0: when, when you, and for other players, like, you know, the bracket comes out and you're like, okay, I can go here, here, here. And then I'm going to run into Nadal, Federer, Djokovic. Like, do you, do you kind of look ahead and be like, okay, this is where I'm probably gonna have to get to them.
2: I mean, in, when I was, A crappy player? No. I mean, I'd love to play one of those guys. When I was like pretty good at the, you know, sort of middle of my career or end of my career, like I, I, you know, there were, there was a USO, but there was like, look, I mean, tennis is different than golf in this, in this way, like the better player wins a lot, right? Like a, a ton, way more that's why that's what makes what tiger did so amazing because the competition was all there and he was just so dominant it's what like phil's doing in the senior tour like you win three of four like you're way better than those guys right now Mm -hmm. um and, and so and so if if in tennis like in three out of five sets especially like if you're better than someone like you're probably gonna get them you know and barring an injury or like your your body breaking down or something like that you're probably going to beat them mo- most most mostly um there was like one or two slams that i entered where i was like i actually legitimately think i can win this tournament um not not many because of these guys like they just it was just so hard you had to beat 3 of them to like to win the whole thing and but i honestly thought that like 2011 Wimbledon and the US Open was was the one. US Open really. Like I I entered that tournament thinking like I can win this tournament, period. Um my fourth round was his Joe Wilfried songa who I lost to in five sets. an amazing player, French guy, unbelievable athlete. And then I would have had to play Federer, Nadal and Djokovic. Like just to, just after I beat after I would have if I would have beaten him, which I didn't. So like yeah, the quarters would have been Fed, the semis would have been Nadal and the final would have been Novak. And like, what are you going to do with that? I mean, it's pretty yeah. hard to to win slams with that. And you saw, we saw, you know, the, the ones that have done it. Um, uh, the only one really is, is Del Potro in 20, uh, 2009. Uh, he beat Nadal in the semi, fed in the final, came back from two sets to one. Um, and the other one was like Marin Cilic, who's a Croatian player, amazing player. He won the U.S. Open, I think, in 15 or 14 or 15. But he had help on the other side. Nishikori beat um Nishikori beat uh, Nadal on the other side or Djokovic on the other side. So they, he only had to beat one of those guys, and that's super rare. And now now you're seeing these guys win big events. Um uh uh you know without having to play any of them. Um, and uh so it's a different time. I mean, these guys are these guys are closing in on um finishing their careers, and it's a new um you know, kind of a new era, just like in golf with, without Tiger, you know, like who, who's it going to be, who's going to be next. And
0: it's a lot of youngsters out there that are really good. It's crazy. 60 slams between the three guys. Yeah. There's just just
1: no, and it's like you said, like three out of five sets. It's just like, they're going to grind you down. But you you said Joker, in your opinion, will go down as the greatest. you got to play against all three kind of more or less in their prime. Who did you, Fear isn't the right word. Who did you dread playing the most, or feel most helpless against no, out of those three? Is, fear is probably the right fear word. Fear is the right <laughs> word. <laughs> um,
2: I never beat Novak um, in singles. Uh, he uh, he was the one that I just, I could never find, uh, never be comfortable finding any holes. Like, like you know, it's 30 all and I'm serving and there's a spot that I can go that I feel comfortable winning this point. Um, against Against Nadal, he wasn't an unbelievable returner. He, he actually didn't like playing bigger servers. I had a bigger serve. So like I, I actually played him fairly well. Um, I only beat him once, but, um, but I played him tight a lot. Uh, Federer, I only beat once as well, but played him tight too, because he was pretty loose with like a lot of, um, a lot of points. Like he, he, he would turn it on and off very easily. Like you could tell if he was, if he felt like if he felt threatened he's like a lion you know like where like he was like laying down and if he felt threatened like he'd stand up and like you know the lion would stand up and his big old mane would be like that like that's better in a way that like if he felt threatened um he'd he'd get up a break right away or like he'd go i'm going to crush this guy i played him in the final of a uh, grass court tournament in Halle Germany um in 2004 and he was up nine zero there's 603 up like in 20 minutes you know and i'm like come on man like <laughs> you're gonna do this to me like <laughs> we're i thought we were friends and then uh and then he let me hold the rest of the way and he beat me 6063 so it was like he just you, you just you can sort of tell we played another match where I, I it was in cincinnati final of cincinnati and i just just felt like i was playing great tennis which was like Perfect time for me to to beat him, you know, again. And and he just came out right away. First four points at four winners, four straight winners to break me. Um, and it was seven or six, four, seven, six, like just like that. And he just he just felt that he could just pick up his level um whenever he wanted. So, like there were holes there, but if he wanted there to be no holes, then um there were no holes. That's and he incredible. never
1: even sweated. Why is the guy not sweat? I'm not convinced he's an actual human. He's-
2: He's unique, man. And he and he just and he's he, he'll play as long as as long as his body or like his tennis will allow him because it's not in terms of like, oh, man, I'm tired of the road. And I'm like, you know, like he loves traveling. He loves hotels. He loves playing. Um, he loves that lifestyle. He's all about it. And so he'll play as long as he can. The um, doll is more of like his body will break down. I feel like um, just in terms of how physical he plays. Um, and hopefully, you know, uh, uh, later rather than sooner, because um, he's awesome to watch. He's great for the game. And this, this, we were really lucky. I mean, Novak gets a bad rap, but I think Novak gets a bad rap because he beats your favorite player every time. And like, he if, if Novak came out and played like the the, the evil role you know, or like the Connors role where like, you know, just F off everyone, you know, like he, he would be a star. I mean, I think he'd be like one of the biggest athletes in the world, like the, almost like the Connor McGregor type thing where like, you just don't really care. It's all for show. And like, he's just trying to, trying to play that role. If he played like the, the evil guy role, which he's not, um, he, he'd be, I think he'd be better suited as opposed to you know, trying to be liked because he wants to be liked so much and he's beating dolls and Federers all the time. And everyone loves Nadal and Federer, either a Nadal or a Federer guy, right? Like who are you like Cole, who are you, Nadal or Federer? Uh Federer. sleep
1: Federer. I love him. It's like he doesn't yeah, even so try, he just dismantles
2: people. Like a yeah, so, like, when Novak plays them, and, like, you hate Novak because he beats Roger all the time now. And, like, it's annoying, and, like, people people don't like that. So, that Novak gets a bad rap in that regard. I think he's a nice kid, and and he's 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 been great for the games, obviously, you know, obviously an all-time great.
0: Yeah, I mean, what an error to be involved in. But, I mean, you had an unbelievable tennis career. You're also a hell of a golfer, I and mean, we do have to talk a little golf on here. I was just pulling up your handicap, and you're currently got a little plus 2.8 Index. Hello. At the prestigious Bel Air Country Club out there in L.A. For the record, I'm a plus two index right now. So give me some candy, Marty. Give me some candy, Marty. Long, me par some candy Marty.
1: Long part four, you'll get one.
0: But let's talk a little bit about your game. I mean, Bel Air, a lot of good players out there, a lot of celebrities. Who are some of your normal games out there at Bel Air?
1: I, yeah,
2: I probably play um, once a month, maybe once every two months or so. So like I don't play um, nearly as much. The only times I really play honestly are around uh, those celebrity events just to try and practice up a little bit. Um, so I, I don't play nearly as much um, as I want or can. Golf, golf takes too long. First of all, I think golf should be 12 holes. I think it should be six and six. If you want to play an extra six, it's already there. 18 holes, you can play the third six, but six and six, you're in and out in three hours, whether you walk, ride, whatever. Um, so I think I think it's a, a problem, is like golf takes too long. I I don't I don't have the five and a half hours of getting there before playing, staying after for a minute, and then like going home. I have two young kids at home, you know. So like I don't have that time. Um uh um My real games, yeah. I mean, look, I get you. I get ready for those things with Wagner. Mm -hmm. Um, He crushes me every single time we're out at Bel Air. Like, like I'm probably down thousands of dollars every. um, Like, we'll probably play. We'll probably play for a week, and we'll play like three or four times in that one week. I'll I'll be down five grand to him easily every time. And then we'll go to the tournament, and he'll finish. You know six or seventh and i'll finish you know first or second <laughs> whatever like so like but i love playing against jack because he he's like he's an actor i know but like he's competitive as hell like he he's an athlete like he's like he's in great shape still he's an awesome dude I, I love jack but but like he's just fun to play with he'll gamble for anything i'm the i'm the kind of golfer that like i have a really hard time just going out and just swinging the club and like playing around a round of golf like I, it's just it's kind of boring to me to be honest. Like so, I need either three other really good friends that like I've been looking forward to for a while or want to hang out with, or it needs to be a, a big money game because mm-hmm. like otherwise I can't like it just doesn't do anything for me.
1: I like um, that. So I don't
2: I don't yeah I sort of lean on like not playing as much unfortunately because like I need the I need the action.
1: Well, but you're there's in plenty a good plays for big money games. You're at the right there's spot. Plenty of action. Yeah. What's your lowest around <laughs> Bel Air?
2: actually i played um i played uh uh on last thursday for a for a charity thing um or somebody auctioned uh bought a charity you know to play 18 holes with me and ooh, what a charity uh and <laughs> uh um i shot 64 um wow. at Bel air yeah that was the first time i played in, in a couple months i think but like but like number one at bel air is short because we're redoing the the clubhouse now so like number one's like driver wedge oh but it's a yeah. par five but if i make a four i'm counting at a birdie you better believe
0: it of course yeah so, yeah that n- nice little small clubhouse yard building out there at bel Air. Want it's to quaint it's gonna be a quaint <laughs> Will that be cozy finished? vibe be finished in about 2030
2: yeah the good the good news is they have they have like four suites for you colt so you can get sideways and then you can just sleep there that's uh, charge it to me
1: perfect sounds incredible yeah there's no other way to actually
2: charge it to, charge it to like someone it. else charge it to verlander or something you know
0: yeah verlander's really rich he's overpaid He'll i'll probably have his own oh, he's that's, too rich he's way too you
1: rich. only play once or maybe once every two months and you can still go out and shoot 64 you're one of those guys you don't need practice you can just kind of show up and put the club on the ball i, can't I, I don't even guys. like
2: hit balls <laughs> I don't even hit balls either. And I'm not saying it like, like I'm trying to be cocky. I just, that's just like the way it, like I've, I've grown up playing golf, tennis and baseball my whole life. And it's the backhand for tennis. It's the lefty swing for golf. And it's the lefty swing for baseball. And like, uh, they invited me out to Dodger stadium a few years ago and I hit seven home runs. I'm not very strong at all, but like, I don't know why it's just like the swing or something like, so I don't know, dude, like it's just that that lefty like swing the backhand, the golf swing or whatever has come so natural. And I know exactly I've never taken a lesson. I know exactly what my ball like, will do. Colt see me play or That's I annoying. played with him where he doesn't miss the middle of the fairway. But like but like I had played this little banana and I can slice the hell out of it if you need me to. And my miss is way left and I never hit it right. And knock on wood. And um and I don't putt it very well. Um but uh but I I, I can hit it pretty
1: good. That's about it. No lessons, to, no practice, shoot 64. Yeah, no big You're deal. what I want to be.
0: I mean, you shot the year you won at Tahoe, you shot a 63 one day. So you got to be able to roll it just a little bit, but that that event in Tahoe is obviously extremely special and one I know you've wanted to win for a long time. What it mean for you oh, to yeah. finally get that win and who are some of the guys you look forward to running into at Tahoe every year?
2: Man, we have well, I got a um I've got. We have a Wednesday, standing Wednesday game with Steph, Dell, and Seth. Now they added another Curry to the to the tournament. Um, so we have that like standing 12:05 uh, tee time on Wednesday. Uh, uh, Canelo is now one of the guys that um, that is in that group too. Um, I've become real good friends with him. Um, that's the, that's the thing about those events. It's like there's guys at my path I would never cross paths with Canelo Alvarez ever. Like where where would I I'm a fan of his. I, again, like I love combat sports and and I'm a huge fan of Canelo Alvarez. Pound for pound the best boxer in the world, right? Like I would never cross paths with Canelo and um and he played the tournament in Tahoe and he's the sweetest guy ever, you know, outside the ring and he'll he he loves golf. You all should have him on here. Um he loves golf. And so and so we've become, you know, we've made that, those friendships, Steph Curry's another one where like Steph, let Steph and I, like, of course everyone's a fan of Steph. We love, you know, like he's a great golfer and a great dude and good family man. And just like the values that you want in a friend. Right. And like, I would never cross paths with Steph. Like he doesn't know who I am. And like, I, you know, like, how would I ever, how would I ever meet that guy? But there sure enough, Tahoe, you know, and the American century guys do just such an unbelievable job of, of making it, you know, just that, you know, just that week of the year that, so do, so do the guys in Orlando too, where it's just like that that week out of the year where you're just like, man, it's going to be fun. Regardless of how you play golf, Um, man, it's going to be fun. It's just a bonus if you play well.
0: That's so cool. By, but just real quick, that Can, by Canelo, he just picked up the game like two years ago. Yeah. And he's shooting in the 80s, it's correct? Incredible. Yeah, now he's no, now he's down like high
2: seventies. He's got a pretty good looking swing now. And yes, he picked up the, the he picked up the game two and a half years ago. Unbelievable. No joke.
1: He has a security yeah. game. And it's not like his...
2: not, not like he played not like he played when he was young and like and, and um you know and picked it up again like he literally picked a, a club up two and a half years ago and now he's shooting exactly. high 70s low 80s it's incredible
0: i love when him and when him and steph get in there and they do the little boxing and he swing he throws like 10 punches and steph has no idea what just happened who just
1: hit me i'm yeah. filming that i
2: filmed that <laughs> Did that's you? that's our wednesday round that's so awesome like, yeah so and his security that, detail
1: yeah. is like one of the beatles i mean i was i saw him walking around. i was like i wanted to go over like just see him and i was like i might get punched in the face, just trying to get near the guy, but you mentioned he's only played for two and a half years, dude, you're a 2.8 and you were pretty much all tennis growing up. When did you first start playing?
2: I played since I can stand. Um, I've got like, you know, videos of swinging a plastic club. Um, uh, It's same with my son. I did the same thing. So I'm a lefty and my son's a righty and I have videos of my son um, watching me Uh, uh, you know, swing as a lefty and then him swinging as a righty literally at 18 months old with a plastic club. He's got a beautiful swing now. He's seven, like it's super fun. Um, uh, So I did that. That was my path. Like like it was like, you know, growing up playing um, tennis and golf, playing a little bit of baseball, um, but played, I played like junior golf. I played some junior events, uh, you know, city, city golf, nine hole events, things like that. Um, never excelled um anywhere close to tennis though so chose the right one i think but um but yeah there's that there's that part of you that's like man what if i chose golf i'd still be playing if i did just as good in tennis but but um it's nice to be retired too yeah have,
0: <laughs> just enjoy it golf's much more fun when you're retired i've yeah. started to realize as of late but marty this <laughs> this has been so much fun we got to get to the emergency nine real quick and then we'll let you get out of here these are nine fun yeah. questions about marty fish all right we asked this to everyone You can trade lives with anyone for a day, dead or alive. Who's it going to be? Wow. Wow. Does
2: everyone take like thirty seconds for that? It could be
1: Djokovic. You
2: could go back and lose to yourself.
1: (laughs) That'd be nice. (laughs) God, Marty Fisher's beat the shit Um, out of me. That guy's good. (laughs) No kidding. Yeah, make him look really good. Um, Wow. No, you have
2: to be like like a like a president or something um, just to see like the daily life of like a president of the United States. I won't pick one because like we're so divided that like oh red guy. Yeah. I'll be a president. Yeah, be Perfect. Cool. Be,
1: yeah. I like that. Just to have those nuke codes, the power has just got to be intoxicating. Right, like just
2: to kind of like be in the sit room, you know, they call it the sit room and just like or where do we go when uh go in the bunker or something? I don't know. There's just so much to Air Force One. I'd just be flying around Air Force One everywhere.
1: <laughs> and you know everything there is about aliens. That would be a nice perk too. Fill me in if right? you ever get that yeah. gig All right, next one. <laughs> I will. Next one, you've been around a lot of great athletes in your day. Have you ever met a man with more unjustified self-confidence than John Malinger? <laughs>
2: <laughs> Mali, I mean, I love Mali. Um the great question. I mean, I'm trying to think like <laughs> unjustified, <laughs> not just someone <laughs> This Carlos Correa the other day pointed to his watch as the ball was flying in. Mally's still cockier than him. Yeah.
1: I saw that. He actually did something cool. Fernando,
2: Fernando Tatis is pretty cocky. Mally's still cockier than him. Yeah. I mean, no, I haven't.
1: That's, that's the answer. And, that's,
0: that's... and just so y'all know, now that we asked about Mally on here, it's going to make him even cockier. Oh, this is just going to go <laughs> even straight Even though we're making fun of him, he's going to be even
2: cockier. <laughs> it
1: is, yeah, it's going to be he's worse. He's going to be
2: running this thing. Yeah, he's going to be adding to the to He the, won't
1: hear on. this. He'll be caught up in front of a mirror or something for an hour or two. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> all right number three what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear the song where the party at
2: oh oh th- this is james what isn't it <laughs> uh, uh, this is um this is aptos this is aptos Cal- this is james blake told you about this this is aptos california this is like before we knew we turned pro and before we knew we were playing like triple a type tennis and uh type tournaments and um James and I thought it would be a great idea to rent a, uh, instead of staying in, like the Holiday Inn Express which is where we should have stayed with like, you know, what we were making at those tournaments. Um, we decided to like rent some crazy like v- villa place or whatever. And all we played the entire time was where the party at, Girls is on the Way, where the
1: Bacardi at. You know that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And man, we played that a lot.
0: <laughs> I love it. That's great.
1: <laughs> That's, that was an anthem, dude. That was an anthem back oh, in the yeah. day. They don't oh, make like, them like that anymore. Everybody's no. washed up. Yeah. All right, I know you're a big MMA guy, like you said, and I think you even practice some mixed martial arts. So I need your opinion here. If Nadal, Federer, Djokovic, and Marty Fish all got in the octagon, last man standing wins, who's coming out on top? I mean, I'm coming out
2: just because I know what I'm doing. I mean, I'm going to submit... I'm, let's see. I'm going to submit ro- uh, Roger um, with, a, uh, with an anaconda. I'm going <laughs> that- to... Djokovic is super. I'm gonna to have to knock out Novak because he's super flexible. Can't get his arms or anything. Um, yeah, and I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take Rafa's
1: neck um when he's not looking. Yeah, when team. he's when he's messing with his water bottles.
0: Yeah. Perfect.
1: <laughs> would Federer even fight? He seems too nice. He's just like, you know what? Just just no, nah, simply... he's too nice. Yeah. yeah.
0: Roger would be the he'd be the ref. There'd yeah. only be two guys. Okay, fair. All right. Well, coming up soon, we have the Vikings and the Cowboys. You're a diehard Vikings fan. I'm a diehard cowboy fan. I need to know right now what's our bet for the game. Y'all I don't know if y'all can handle us, even though we have had Adam Thielen as a guest here on our show.
1: Thielen with five tubs.
0: Yeah.
2: Um, let's see. I just did with Steph, I did uh Loser has to wear opposing teams jersey and post it on Twitter. So you'll be seeing him in a in an AT nineteen jersey pretty soon. Um we could do that.
0: I'll do that same thing with you. That's perfect.
2: Yeah. Yeah, oh so we'll do uh I'll send you an I'll send you a Thielen jersey or I'll have him send you a Thielen jersey. I'll I'll do it right now because we'll probably win anyways. And then uh and then you can wear it you can wear it that night and post it.
0: After Trayvon Diggs shuts Thielen down, I'll send you a Diggs jersey, number seven. Once he wakes up,
2: yeah, once he wakes up, <laughs> he'll be uh All right, I love that him. guy's playing good. That'll be a great game. Sure, Al man, Michaels on the call, Sunday night football. Al Michaels, Bel Air member, great uh, dude.
1: And arguably Yes.
0: Arguably the greatest broadcaster of all time and probably not arguably the worst golfer at Bel Air. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I played with him one day. Oh, boy.
1: We Ooh. showed up on 10 I the can't. one day we went down there. It was him and Nance, and he was hitting on 10 the par 3, and I don't think it cleared the – No, there's I no chance. I don't think he was – I think he was re-teeing on the par 3. <laughs> yeah, ten 10's a
2: driver, all of a driver for him to get over the, the ravine that's uh, 75 yards.
1: Yeah, yeah it was oh. definitely lumber. Just didn't quite have the distance. All right. I need to know. I read that you and Andy Roddick were on the same basketball team at one point. Is that correct? All right. Perfect. All right. Game to one. You guys competed in everything growing up. Game to 11, one-on-one. Winner, final score.
2: Oh, uh, uh, what are we playing to? Uh, 11? 11. <laughs> I know where this is going. 11-3 because he boxes out a couple rebounds, puts a couple rebounds. back. He's got a huge ass, so he like he bumps. <laughs> he'll push you in. You know, like He's a big boy. Like he 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 rode the pine for us in high school, and uh, and when we needed we needed energy, when we needed defense and like you know and and rebounding, Andy, come on, come on, and he'd be looking somewhere else, and then oh me, okay, and he'd run in, you know, <laughs> get some rebounds. Just Andy, just don't shoot. Whatever you do, just pass it to the shooters on the team and uh, and and you'll be fine and and so that that's what he did he was he was effort energy
1: rebounding and defense he's the five fouls guy we're gonna need you to use all five of those and make them count <laughs> yeah, every team needs one of those guys
0: i love that all right number seven halloween is a fun holiday for children's and adults i need to know what your favorite halloween costume you ever wore was
1: hmm. interesting
0: um
2: not great at Halloween. We did. We do. We do a family theme thing. Like, we well, maybe when you went to Florida year. State. Just, I feel like you, have maybe one when in you mind, went to Florida Cole? State
0: and see and see Jake Owen oh, sometime. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so the, uh, you're thinking about okay, the
2: kissing booth. I was a kissing booth. Wow, that's in, that's genius. Yeah, yeah. And so the thing, the thing went over my head, and uh, and it had like a drape and everything. And so I'd open it. you know, it said twenty five cents for kisses on uh, uh, above it, and I'd open it up. Boom! There's my face, twenty five cents.
0: Genius.
1: Did it work? Of course it you worked. Get any
0: bites? Of course. This is Florida State. We're talking about Florida <laughs> State. <laughs> he was probably rocking the man bun back then. <laughs> getting too. paid. It. Oh yeah, the, the bun ponytail, I mean,
1: oh, very wow. versatile. That's that's incredible.
0: creative. I like that.
1: And that bun, yeah. that bun was <laughs> irresistible. All right, next one. Couple of your competitors here. I need. I need to know which one takes the cake. Who likes to flaunt their biceps more, Rafa Nadal or Mark Mulder?
2: <laughs> I mean, I, I haven't seen Mark play in sleeveless shirt. In yes. a sleeveless shirt, That's if it was thing. allowed,
1: he would hundred percent.
2: Okay. Yeah. I mean, they're, those shirts are tight. They're not. The shirts they're are they're tight,
1: not big. And, the, and the sleeves are short. And the yeah. sleeves are short.
2: I mean, marks are bigger than Rafa's. Rafa's maybe more defined. Um,
1: um, I'll go with Rafa, actually, in an upset. All right. That left bicep of his, God. it's about 2x tw- the right.
0: Mulder is bench pressing as we speak. The second he hears about this. Oh, he mm, does, there's
1: mm. no way he's not doing four sets of curls before he walks to the range in Tahoe. I guarantee he travels with dumbbells. He just needs to be able to to pick up the
2: the cranberry and cranberry OJ and vodka and just go like that. That's all yep. he needs to do
0: now. He's got to have that. We call it birdie juice. He's got to have that birdie juice before He tees off. He's got it. All right, last one. Think back to all the great sporting events you've been to. I need to know what the greatest upset in sports you ever witnessed in person. Think deep and hard about this one. Hmm. This is a trick question. <laughs> Maybe. I just want to hear your Are answer we, and then I'll tell you the uh, answer.
1: <laughs> Wanna hear your answer and then we'll tell you the right answer.
2: Yeah. <laughs> now I'm thinking, um now I'm thinking like, what was it, pros and joes, and you guys beat us in the pros and joes or something like that?
0: Is that it? It might have been when I had a little foot race up the stairs with one fellow tennis player, James Blake, at the Travis Matthew event.
2: Oh, that's right. I remember that. Uh, that was that was yeah, that was at the Travis Matthew event, right? Mm-hmm.
0: Yep, when we we okay. raced, he spotted me like five steps going up the stairs. Where everybody circled around and he fell on the first step, and I ended up beating him to the top. And I'm he he still to this day he's like we're doing it again. I'm like no, we're not. I'm one and oh. i I'm undefeated against James Blake. You tennis people are supposed to be athletes.
2: I don't see why. Uh, yeah, I don't see why you need to do it. And I don't see why
1: that was an upset. To be honest with you, I mean, <laughs> right? Yeah, <laughs> Vegas had okay, right. that at even money. By Perfect. the way,
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, Vegas that was minus one thirty, Blake. You know, plus one ten. It's no big deal. It was nothing. <laughs> Well, nothing marty we can't thank you enough congrats on the documentary if people haven't seen it you got to go watch it untold breaking point with marty fish marty thank you so much my man all right well that was marty fish joining us on golf subpar Slees, what a stud how about that little annual game up in at with american century just gets to play with the curries and also canelo alvarez who is just becoming an unbelievable golfer for just starting two years ago
1: yeah i actually watched canelo a little bit when i was up there this year a i was imp- i was completely impressed with his golf game. Cause I was like, I knew the guy hadn't been playing very long at all. And then B the amount of people that he has around him, dude, I was like, this guy is not going to be messed with. But by the way, it's probably the last guy up there that needs security. If anyone runs up to him, he can hit him seven times before they even know that they, that he was, that they got hit yet. But, uh, yeah, dude, this, um, man, Marty's, Marty's golf game is legitimately very good. My favorite part about him talking about his golf game was the fact that he's like, yeah, you know, I get out whenever I get out and I don't really practice or hit balls or whatever, but you know, I'm a plus two plus 2.8 plus three, whatever. Like he doesn't practice or do anything. He's just one of those guys. The hand eye is that good that he doesn't need a whole lot of it. That's, that's the, what I, that's what I like to see out of my golfers.
0: Yeah. Plays out of Bel Air. I mean, just an unbelievable place. We've had so much fun there. They get amongst it around Bel Air, but they get it. You you know you mentioned his tennis career where he got to number seven in the world, but him talking about you know Nadal, Federer, Djokovic, just unbelievable. Like those guys are just on another planet, and you love hearing it from a guy who was you know one of the best in the world at one time.
1: Dude, I I could have talked about those three guys and him playing them for a long, long time. I think that one of the few guys in the world you can talk to one on one that's actually got experience against all three of those guys, and it also gives you an appreciation with the guy like Marty, who got to number seven in the world. I mean, this guy was elite level, you know, tennis player saying like, yeah, the fact that those three guys all came in the same era would be like three tigers or Jack tiger Hogan, name it, whoever it was. Like we just happened to run into the best era of golf in the, or of tennis in the history of tennis. And it just wipes out anybody else's chance of winning anything. It's just kind of a shitty break when those three guys come in, but you also got to experience the best tennis ever played basically.
0: Yeah, and even though, even though he was at the top of the world, obviously it doesn't come with struggles. I mean, his, he, he's very open about his, you know, battles with mental health. The, the Netflix documentary, Breaking Point, I mean, if you haven't seen it, you got to go watch it. We I know we've both seen it twice because we were interrupted the first time we were trying to watch it. But, man, it's it's such a cool story. It shows that even these guys that are at the top of their game, you know, it, it's it's not all just perfect every single day.
1: It gives you an appreciation for those guys that, that like a Tiger Woods who stayed up there for so long. Nadal, Federer, Djokovic, all of them, the expectation levels are enormous. They're supposed to win every single tournament they go into and they have all that. And yet they go out there and still perform. Like it, it's a special, special trait. And I think we just turn on the TV and watch these guys and kind of sometimes forget about what's going on inside. It is a, it's a different beast and very, very few people in the world can uh, speak to what that's like.
0: You're exactly right. Well, Sleaze, the golf season is back in full swing, and there's no better way to get in on the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook. Each week, we love looking through all the different markets and finding fun and unique bets like finishing position, matchups, round leaders, and group winners. And don't worry, if you missed out on getting your bets in before the tournament starts, FanDuel has live betting options all throughout the weekend so you can always make every moment more. And if you win, Sleaze, how fast do they get you those winnings?
1: Super quick and as little as two hours, Colt Not just that. They got wide array. You don't want to just bet the money line. You don't want to just bet the spread. They got a wide array of options you can bet on there. You got player props, futures, same game parlay, which I've become very familiar with here in the last month or so. Live betting. If you notice something you like in a game, go ahead and fire it. Get in on the action. And then you got the odds boost and specials every day where they bump up the money line. You can get paid a big digit uh, on a game. They're picking one of those. Uh, every single day it's the that one is also a very good one to keep your eye on each week
0: yes and right now FanDuel is letting you place your first bet risk-free up to $1,000 just place a bet on any game or golfer and FanDuel will refund you up to $1,000 back if you don't win your bet first bet seriously there's no strings attached just place any bet you want if you win you keep the cash if you lose you'll get your entire bet up to $1,000 back in site credit all right Sleaze you're the expert this week Maya Coba. Your one PGA Tour Let me tell you you a little
1: bit about, let me tell you everything I know about my cup, okay? I'm going to start on hole number one, all right? The guys are going to be nervous. There's no bigger stage in all. No, I'm kidding. But yes, this is the home of my debut and my finale on the PGA Tour. I had a hell of a time. We had some good times down there in Playa. Uh, Maybe made some bad decisions in terms of, you know, what I could and couldn't have done for the week that would have set me up better for success. But it's over. But now... You know, I, you live and you learn, and now we're gonna pick some winners this week. I
0: thought you were gonna tell me. Let me tell you about Mayakoba. There's shit on the left and there's shit on the right.
1: <laughs> it's not there's good. shit it's on good. both sides. Yeah. If you use a driver you've never ever used in competition, you're probably gonna be fucked. Just word to the wise. <laughs>
0: all right. Well, let's get. We have a star-studded field this week. They are. They have all come to Mayakoba. We got Justin Thomas, Victor Hovland, Tony Finau, Brooks Kepka. I mean, it is absolutely loaded. The defending champion. Victor Hovland is the second betting favorite at plus sixteen hundred. I believe we both are very, very high on him this week.
1: Big high on him, and and props to this tournament too for like the trajectory that they've taken. They're getting some monster names down there, and this thing's really become a fun event that a lot of guys look forward to going to. But yes, we're both high on Victor Hovland, rightfully so. He's the defending champ. He's going off at fourteen to one, and I just like him around this place again. I think ball striking wise, if he gets a little breezy down there, we know the way he can hit the ball is is. Pitching around the greens has gotten better, and his putter is clearly good enough. But I don't find this place to be the toughest. Pitching, uh, if you do miss greens on the PGA Tour, it's not as difficult as a lot of places. I think that weakness of victors gets shrunk. Uh, at a place like Mayakoba. yeah
0: it's it's just such a ball strikers golf course especially since it's moved you know to this time of year in november it's the rainy season down in cancun it used to be played in february the ball ran forever it could run into those penalty areas a lot now it plays much longer really really you know benefits the bombers and guys who drive the ball very well which not many do it better than victor hovland another guy i'm looking at been playing some awesome golf one in europe recently billy horschel loves this place going off around 25 to 1 at FanDuel, love him around this place. If you're looking for some more value, I'm going to steal one of your guys here, Sleeze. Russell Henley going off at plus 5,000, 50 to 1. Hey,
1: feels good, doesn't feels it? Done. Feels good to get Russ in the mix, but maybe next week you take uh, Corey Connors and just taste the <laughs> rainbow, you know? <laughs> one get week the at a time, Sleaze.
0: This is the problem. You get ahead of yourself.
1: All right. I know, but yeah, that's what I do.
0: And then if you want a real dark horse, you want to just sprinkle something on there for a big payday, I like Ryan Palmer at 100 to 1.
1: Ooh, okay, all right. I I see it with Ryan Palmer coming down there. RP, good wind player, great ball striker. I will give you my longer shot here. I went with uh, Hovland at fourteen to one. The flip side of that, forty one to one. Guy that's coming back took some time off. Brain seems to be very in a very good spot right now. Golf game also seems to be in a very good spot right now. Has all the firepower in the world you need, and it plays well in wind, obviously. an Oklahoma State, guy Matthew Wolf mm. is at forty one to one. It would not surprise me at all to see him be in the hunt on Sunday down at Myacoba.
0: All right, well, that's our picks for FanDuel this week. Hope y'all cash some tickets. And if you've never tried FanDuel Sportsbook, what are you waiting for? Go to FanDuel.com slash Subpar or download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started. Be sure to sign up with promo code Subpar so they know that we sent you. Must be 21 years and older, present in Arizona, Connecticut, or New Jersey. First online real money wager only. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See terms at Sportsbook.FanDuel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text Next Step to 42 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org chat or 1-800-GAMBLER. And so ladies, that's going to do it for us. Hopefully next time I see you, I'll make it all the way back across the world. I'll be back home in Scottsdale. Can't wait to give you a big hug and tell you all about Dubai.
1: Take care of yourself and do me a favor while you're over there. If you could snag, like, a couple barrels of oil and smuggle them into your uh, (laughs) carry-on, bring them back here because shit's getting expensive to fill up the tank over here. So just put your hands on whatever you can get and just bring it back over here.
0: All right. I love it. I'll do my best for you. But thanks to everyone for listening. We'll talk to you on next week's Golf Subpar.